You're listening to Experts in Their Field, a podcast from the Agricultural Science Association, generously sponsored by Ulster Bank. Hello, listeners. My name is Anne-Marie Butler, and I'm the president of the Agricultural Science Association. I'm delighted to welcome you to episode five in our podcast series, Experts in Their Field. In this podcast, Council Member Siobhan Walsh was delighted to catch up with Tom Murray, an agronomist with O'Shea Farms in Kilkenny. O'Shea Farms are one of Ireland's largest producers of potatoes and carrots. In this podcast, Tom details the exciting technology used on the farm from drones to robotic weeders, new on-farm agronomy practices and the challenges associated with the sector. This podcast will certainly enlighten listeners to the varied role of an agronomist while offering a great appreciation for where our vegetables come from. Hello and welcome to the ASA podcast and to the second part of our Christmas quarter. Um, and happy Christmas to everyone. This is going out after Christmas, so I hope you've all um, enjoyed your Christmas dinner and are relaxing. And I'm joined by um, uh, Tom Murray from O'Shea Farms. Tom is an agronomist with O'Shea Farms. And Tom, this is a really busy time of the year for you. Everyone eating their Christmas dinner would have been eating some of your produce. How are you, how, how are you getting on? Yeah, yeah, no, good, Siobhan, good. Um, so I suppose, yeah, as you said, it, it, it's quite a busy time. Probably not from 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 us on the on the agronomy side uh, of the business, but certainly um, certainly the back house is just flat out at the minute. It's, it's they're trying to probably put two weeks into one there uh, around Christmas time. Um, as we all know, potatoes and carrots are a fairly big part of the Christmas dinner, and 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 uh, yeah, certainly we we can see that in 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 the demand. So. Um, yeah, it, it's really like putting two weeks in one for the pack house uh, at the moment. And, you know, the, the planning that's involved leading up to Christmas is, is huge from, you know, packaging to stocks to, you know, what they're going to pack uh, on the week, um, trying to predict uh, orders. Um, you know, it, it, it's just quite a massive undertaking. But, um yeah, look, it's not our first rodeo either, so um, yeah. we'll 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 uh, we'll be fine on that one, you know. But um, I suppose with with uh, with this time of year and, and that, obviously, it's the winter time, so the potato harvest on a normal year uh, is is finished. Um, but you know, we, we have the storage for potatoes, but with the carrot and the stuff, they're they're dug fresh, um, which creates its own challenges this time of year with weather and everything. So you know, we've big investment got into. Um, to the harvest and equipment that we are able to go out on a given day that we shouldn't probably be going out but with Christmas in demand that doesn't really wait for for good weather so um yeah there's, there's, there's quite a large investment with harvest and equipment there at the moment uh, and washing facilities to, to be able to harvest the carrots fresh around Christmas time you know um the days are as I said a little bit more straightforward they're probably coming out of the stores or at this time of year you know so um yeah no it's it's taken a long time, I suppose, you know, the carrots are, are coming out of the ground now, but it's it's taken a long time to, to get them that far. And um, that's where you come in, in town, I suppose. So you might just describe a little bit about your, your job in O'Shea. So you're an agronomist and not just down in Pilltown, but you work all across the country. Yeah, so we, we have a, a group of growers, um, I suppose O'Shea Farms themselves, starting off our producers and packers of potatoes and carrots. And then we have a group of growers 
um, outside our own production area, um, which, you know, are covering quite a bit of the southeast and, and, and you know, the area around the pack house here and that and, and even further afield. But, um, yeah, my main, obviously, role or my main, my role is as an agronomist w- with the group. So, um, I mean, you know, this time of year, as I said, it, it's more quieter. It's, it's office-based um, or fridge-based, uh, whatever you want to put it. But, um, yeah, I suppose if we start off kind of, you know, working with the growers kind of January and February time uh, of the year is is office space. It's planning for the coming year. Um, we're quite busy uh, at the moment with seed coming in, um, as everyone has heard Brexit and, 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 and all the rest of it, what's involved in it and, and, and the unknowns about it. But, um, you know, so with, with Brexit. coming in from Scotland, is it Tom or are yeah. coming from? Yeah, yeah, so Scottish and and uh, England then. So most of our salads are coming from our production salads, uh, seed salads are, are coming from from England, and our, our you know more main crop varieties are, are all coming from Scotland. So this is actually the second year we we've done this. Um, last year we we yeah yeah last last year we um we done the same thing just to be sure we had it in and and, and this year we're, we're going at it again and it's just down to the last minute this year with haulage and everything trying to get hauliers from the UK and um, certainly our seed suppliers have been doing very well with, with getting that over the line but um, it's just adding another another job to this time of year really that that, that doesn't need to be there um, you know we're, we're lucky enough to have it in so from we'll say January, February time then um it's planning them, it's planning seed rates. We do a, quite a lot of sprouting um, with our, the group that we have. We're in an early production part of, of Ireland. So, you know, there's some growers now with up to 100% of their of their area um, use sprouting, uh, um, whether it be crates or blackburn crates, um, to, to chill seed, which, you know, is bringing on about two weeks uh, earlier production or earlier harvest, I suppose, now. Okay. I mean, two weeks might sound a huge amount, but two weeks in a wet October is massive. Yes, um, absolutely, yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, so that's planning that, planning seed rates, planning fertilizer, um, fertilizer rates. The we do quite a number of different varieties now. So like we're doing our main crop varieties, which are rooster, corpings, uh, golden wonder, maris piper, maritima, um, and then we're also have a big emphasis now on Irish production of salads, which is. You know, a completely different kettle of fish in terms of you know land selection and and fertilizer rates and, and seed rates and, and irrigation techniques and everything. So, um, certainly all that is planned in January, February because you know as farmers and that you don't want to be making plans when you're actually trying to do something. Um, yeah. it's all you know, it's like the old saying, "Prepare to fail, fail to prepare." Or sorry, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Yeah. Um, so that that's for our January, February. We're also um or a little bit of a niche market there on early production. We do a bit of glasshouse production potatoes as well. So they'll get planted in the last couple of weeks of December, first couple of weeks of January. Um, so yeah, that, that takes up a bit of time planning that and, and getting that over the line as well, you know. You have a huge variety there, so Tom, you know, within potatoes, is there, are you are you seeing, is, is the consumer pushing your different choices or your different variety choices and the push to salad potatoes? Yeah, um, certainly salad salad production um, has increased and Irish salad production has increased with us anyway over the last number of years. 
um, there is more consumers looking at that route, more convenient, I suppose, um, to them. But, you know, with COVID this year, it's probably thrown a few spanners in the works in terms of seeing what, you know, consumer trends are. A lot, a lot of people have gone back to traditional cooking and bigger pack sizes and, you know, back to the back yeah. to a lot more the, the main crop varieties, which, you know, it's um, it is good to see as well. Um, so, and yeah, that, that, then, I suppose, you know, as, as you move on into the year, then, you know, after you're planning and you're starting to sow, um, yeah. there's a huge investment in machinery and a lot of that is coming from consumer choice as well is it Tom from distoners and fine seeds can you explain a bit about that maybe yeah so all, all our products here are all wash products um what I mean by that it's the you know there's, there's no clay going out once upon a time there were you know mm -hmm. potatoes were just dry brushed and, and they went out dirty but certainly with a wash product um the standards are, are quite high so you know from back to, to your planning to, to planting then um, this is where your seed rates come in your seed rates determine the size of the crop the size of each tuber um, and you know you're trying to manage that for where you want that product to go or what you want that that, that crop um, you know where, where you want that crop in terms of a, a pack size um, so you know and then on from that you have your you know as again land selection um, for salad production, obviously, you have to try and choose land that, that has a lower stone content um, because you have to de-stone it a lot more um, to, to get them a smaller stones out, obviously, because you're, small, you're harvesting a, a smaller type potato. Um, and then, yeah, de-stoners, and on from, on from when once planting is done, then we're, we're straight into irrigation, really. So we, we've, we've a small window there of, you know, kind of April, May to get our weed control uh, completed. And get on top of that and yeah we're straight we're straight into irrigation then which is a massive massive tool and it's it's it's, it's and quite a large people, portion of the work over the summer people mightn't understand that either you know you don't just irrigate when there's a drought so why are you irrigating for skin finish are you tom or, or what's your reason behind it yeah it's it's a tool for managing risk against common scab um that, that's the main reason for use obviously it, it you know we wanted to increase yield as well, and and increase net yield. Really, is 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 the main outcome of it. But it's it's the best tool we have there for control of of common scab, which more or less is control of defects that the potatoes might arise. The potatoes are never in stress. But yeah, it's not just it's not just a tool for a drought conditions like probably the last. You know, you're going to irrigate nine years out of ten. Really, like um, whether that be you know whether that be early in the season you know or mid-season you have to kind of watch late season irrigation all right because it, obviously you don't have the same drying capacity that time of year the crop isn't using as much but um yeah it's it, it's a tool that we can use there um but it, it's certainly it's, it's it's a massive investment and it's massive undertaking it's it's relentless there in in, in drought conditions or in, in you know in the height of summer trying to get water on the crops um so there's, yeah, there's a lot of expense involved in, in the establishment of potatoes and it's probably a lot to do with the consumer choice and what the consumer wants at the end of the day. But moving on then, I suppose, is is when your when your job gets most um busy, is it is it when you're out walking during the year for blight or or is that's your next step anyway, is it? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, once the crop is established, once once we've got weed control uh done it, it's you know we're moving on to our irrigation time frames um check crops for for any sort of defects whether it be slow control um 
and and uh, you know you know I can't even put enough emphasis on really the, the whole irrigation aspect of it that's one of the main roles of it of, excuse me checking crops in in the summertime but yeah you, you mentioned blight control obviously blight control is a huge expense to the potato crop we're lucky enough with the products that we have at the minute you tend to see blight when you know there has been an issue such as a, a nozzle blocked or maybe an interval stretched or okay. you know a, a drift or you know it, it it usually leads back to something so you know it, it's attention to detail really for blight um and you know no matter what way you go about it you're in the, you're in the field you know every seven day intervals um which you know it, it not it, like you know it gives a good chance for a grower to to, to view his whole crop as well because you see an awful lot of crop uh, in the tractor spraying you know and when you're you know i i said you're you're walking crops tom but you're not really walking anymore you know the technology has advanced so you know when you go out to a field what tools are you using to decide what's going to happen next yeah so all the fields that we do are pre-mapped so um that just more or less it's a very good so if i'm out in the field obviously uh on my own um it's hard to say Jesus, you have a spot, you know, inside the gate at the third tree. It's on a map. I can, we can pinpoint where exactly it is. This is an issue here or whatever. But we have um, looked into the drone technology. We, we have a drone with us. Um, it's evolved in terms of we wouldn't take it out every day, but we take it out if we feel there's an issue or we want to get a different look at the crop. Now, what I mean by that is something like emergence rates, you know, weed control um, oh. within a field, you know, drift within a field, um, you know, the amount of stuff that we can gain from that, uh, far as I view, is, is, is that's just magic, like, you know. It's a, yeah, it's extreme attention to detail, like. Yeah, um, and look, at it, I mean, it's, we're trying to control everything that's within our control, like, so we're looking to, you know, all them technologies to be able to progress and, and be able, to, really to be able to make life easier for the growers um, with a better outcome, you know. Yeah, and te- technology is becoming more and more important on farms, um, like, y- you're big into technology in O'Shea Farms, um, like the, the weeder, can you tell us a bit about that maybe, Tom? Yeah, so two, three years ago now, we purchased uh, a camera-guided inter-row carrot weeder. So the main push on this was, you know, obviously loss of, of chemistry going forward um, for control of weeds in, in, in emerged crops. Um, so we purchased a, a Garford hoe, um, which basically what it does is it goes on the front of the tractor. There's a camera on it that picks up the four rows of carrots. And it automatically adjusts itself to where them four rows of carrots are being able to to spray uh, between the, the the rows. So there's no, there was, there is older systems such as steerage rows, which uh, someone has to sit up on and, and yeah. have a look and see. The rows of many carrots many listeners might remember being on a steerage row when they were when they were younger. Yeah, yeah. So the technology has gone on for for putting a camera on it and and being able to pick up the rows of carrots and and being able to spray between them. So. That that has been a, a good tool too, as um, uh, you know, from a weed control point of view in the carrots. It's not uh, again. It's not. It's like the, it's like the drone. It's not every day you're going to take it out, mm-hmm. but it's certainly it's it's in the shed for the day you require it. And that's back to you know managing risk really. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's it's the integrated approach. Um, I suppose. And like, do, where do you see technology going into the future on the farm? 
Yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's becoming, trying to become more efficient is, is like, as I said, it's, it's, you know, what we can do within our control um, to make ourselves more efficient and, and increase that net yield. Um, so, like, you know, it, I think the day is nearly gone in terms of bridging um, that you're not ridging on GPS. We have some growers that's now gone to GPS de-stoning. Um, you know, it's it's certainly gone that direction for the greater good of, of what you're doing, you know. Yeah. Um, those efficiencies, I suppose, are, you know, they're coming about because for for many reasons, but like the loss of chemicals um, and things like that are, are pushing it. So like the potato sector, I suppose, is is being hit quite hard at the minute. Like Dyquat um, is banned now. I know there was emergency use this year, um, but like how how is the loss of chemicals affecting your sector? Obviously, it's pushing you towards the technology, but um, what sorts of pressure is it putting on the sector yeah exactly like you know as you said it, it's it's new ways of doing stuff and like you know nine times out of them nine times out of ten them ways are are more expensive than than the way that's that's already there like um that that everyone is used to but it's um yeah it's like the loss of chemicals it, it's learning how to, to change it's it's learning how to do stuff that is new uh, and this is where you know our role comes into like you know we're traveling to Europe or traveling to the UK, we're trying to get these ideas, um, seeing how, you know, other countries are are coming over, you know, homes like this, because, you know, we're all, in the UK, we're all, we're all still in the EU, so we're all coming across the same problems. Um, and identifying, you know, solutions to stuff before, you know, it, it, it really becomes a problem. So like, you know, with Lost Dyquat, just for example, uh, Holland Desiccation, we went over, we're probably two years, you know, studying this, seeing what we're going to do, seeing the changes we're going to make, uh, and be able to, you know, confidently advise our growers then on the changes they need to make and whatever. And, you know, lucky enough, we, we've got on quite well with it this year. Another year, we don't know. That's the whole learning learning aspect. And, 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 and you know, to really experience, it's easy to kind of go look at something in a different country, but really get it back to Irish weather and Irish conditions. Because they always say Irish machines are probably the best major machines in the world. But um, yeah, it's um, it, it, it's huge that end of stuff, Siobhan, being able to um, identify how we change, how we progress, and the way we're going to farm in ten years' time, twenty years' time is, is a good bit different. Um, yeah, you're all, you're always looking ahead. Um, you really seem to enjoy the the job, Tom. I suppose for and there's a there's a shortage of, of technically skilled people in the crop sector at the minute, and. I suppose for anyone listening in that that might be interested in in doing a job like yours, how did how did you come to, to end up as an agronomist? Yeah, yeah. So um, I done uh, level eight ag science in WIT. Uh, graduated in twenty sixteen from that. So within that, then we obviously had our, our professional work placement. Uh, I done that out in New Zealand there on a seed farm. So. It was grass seed production, potato seed production, carrot seed production. Oh, very good. Um, they were cleaning all that on site and exporting it around the world. So that was something that I, I to be honest, I didn't even, even hardly know it existed until I went out there. And it yeah. kind of, I really enjoyed it. So um, from well, the previous year to that and three years after that, I, I done a harvest over in the UK as well. So I was really kind of going down the tillage route, probably half an ounce to myself. Yeah. Um, you know, 
it's a start college. I didn't really know whether it was going to be a tillage sector or a dairy sector that I wanted to go down. Um, but certainly once I started into college, it was certainly the tillage sector that I wanted to go down. Um, and from there, then you know, the job obviously was advertised. I was finished probably about a year after I was in finished college. I started with the lads, so uh, down here. So um, yeah, I think probably you know. The, the agronomy role, I absolutely love it, and I absolutely love the position that that I'm in. Um, just in, in a simple aspect would be, you know, any of the growers that I'm advising, all their crops are coming back to here, so they're very responsive to what advice you have to give them, because obviously you're going to advise them on the greater good to what we're looking for. Um, so you know the the really from them the feedback from them is is quite good, which makes the job very enjoyable as well, and you get to see a crop right from as I said, planning in a field to, on the packing line on Christmas week, you know, which, yeah. which um, you know, but for anyone that's looking, I, I don't think, don't ever be afraid um, of saying, you know, I can't do that. Don't don't ever look at, at that as, a, as an obstacle. Like, you know, anyone young starting off in, in the industry or graduating and don't, you know, don't ever think the day you come out of college is the day you need to get your dream job or anything like that because that doesn't happen. You know that that definitely doesn't happen, and anyone that has graduated and is a couple of years down the down the road and tell you that. Um, so, you know, back to what I mean by don't be afraid. Like, you know, get the work experience, get the experience out there. Don't. I, I would advise that you know anyone that's struggling to get a job, um, out of college or struggling to start the career, don't sit still. Whether that's going down the road to relief milk for a neighbour or going on a corn cart for for a summer or. You know, on the back of the potato harvest or for the autumn, certainly get all that experience, and it, it's amazing what you pick up. Like, you know, and once yourself, it's amazing what you pick up. Yeah, that's that's really good advice, Tom. Um, will you will you enjoy Christmas now? Will you get to enjoy your your potatoes and your carrots and? Um, well, once once we get this feeding, we will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like obviously then you know this time of year it's it's fantastic. Like we've. Uh, every all the potatoes are in store, um, you know, and, and this time of year it's monitoring stores and, and and making sure everything's okay, and that that all leads on from attention to detail at harvest and too, and, and, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's kind of enjoyable then this time of year. You're you're always I find with it as well the fact that you're one year one crop, you're always itching to get into the next year to see what will yeah. I change from one year, how will I get better, you know, how will we overcome this? Right, we've learned this this year. What do we know for next year? You know, yeah. it, it's evolving the whole time and getting better. And you nearly have to start benchmarking yourself because you'll end up, geez, am I, are we better than last year than we are this year? You know, I think that's yeah. a huge part of any job is to be able to benchmark, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Being able to do that. Um, well, that's, it's been really interesting, Tom, to to hear about. I suppose people will appreciate their dinner more, maybe, um, by listening to the podcast okay, yeah. and seeing all the work that goes in and all the progress that's being made. Um, in the tillage and the vegetable sector as well. Um, so thanks very much for joining us. Um, and it's been it's been really interesting. Um, so um, that's that's our the end of our Christmas cracker for the ASA podcast. Thanks very much, Tom. No problem, Siobhan. It's a pleasure.